0: Hello, and welcome to God's a Dad podcast, episode two. Uh, thanks for those of you that tuned in our last episode. If this is your first time, quick intro, uh, we are three dads. Myself, Justin, also Dan and Jake will be joining us in just a bit, who have been friends for ten over 10 years. Uh, and our hope with this podcast is to just have a bunch of conversations about parenting, about our experiences, about our perspective. And really, we want to look at parenting through the lens of God, and how he parents us so that's kind of the context that we're going to have a lot of our conversations in Uh, you may or may not disagree with some of the conclusions we draw or some of the conversations we have but our hope is that by listening whether or not you agree or disagree you will get something out of it it will make you think about parenting will make you draw you closer to god and if that's the case then i guess that's a win So, on today's episode, we are gonna cover two topics. The first one I'll introduce in a moment, which is just the question, is parenting hard? Uh, Why is it hard, that kind of thing? But also, at about the 23 minute mark, we are going to talk about something a little bit lighter. We like to watch movies, we like to think about movies, talk about movies, analyze why they're good, why they're not, what we like about them. So, we're gonna have a conversation about Marvel movies and which Marvel movies we think are the best and then we're gonna debate that and argue about that for a little bit. We thought it would be kind of fun to have our podcast generally split up, the first half being a little more serious, a little more parent-focused, and the second half being a little bit more lighthearted and just about topics that we find fun and interesting. So if you are here for just the parenting, you can shut off the podcast at 23 minutes. If you're here for just the fun stuff, you can fast-forward to 23 minutes. Or if you're here for either and both, you can listen to all of it. Lastly, before we get started, if you have a topic or a question or feedback, or if you'd like to contact us in any way, uh, we do have an email address. It's godsadad at gmail.com. So feel free to use that however you'd like. Otherwise, let's roll episode number two. All right, guys. So uh, the topic we wanted to talk about today is something that I think come across a lot when people in the conversation around parenting, especially in Christian culture. Uh, just the idea is, is parenting hard? Um, a lot of the narrative, I think, around having kids and raising families, that it's really, really tough. Uh, I hear the word in the trenches a lot. Uh, it's kind of a, cha- it's supposed to be this major, major challenge that causes a lot of strife, uh, straining your marriage, straining your own personal walk with God, just a lot of hard things. I think people think come marriage. So I just wanted to talk about so sort of your feelings around parenting, uh, how you feel about it so far and some of the different challenges. So what's your, what's your answer to the question? If someone wants to ask you, Dan, Jake, is parenting hard? Yeah, Jake. Oh my gosh. So many toys.
1: Oh my gosh. All
0: right.
1: (laughs) You go, Dan.
2: (laughs) You know, one one of the podcasts I listen to, they often talk about how people don't really come to hear, like, whatever the person is talking about, they come to hear a train wreck. And if that's true, I think we can do that very well with our with our current setup. The way I answer that
1: question would be immediately. I just say parenting is pretty fun. Uh, we really enjoy uh, parenting right now. He's only eleven months old, almost a year old. So there's not a lot of like, I feel like difficult things that we've had to do because keeping him alive at this point is pretty simple. <laughs> Like, let him sleep, feed him, change his diaper. Like, all of the, like, keeping him alive things is pretty, I think, for the most part, easy. Um, And so then what parenting comes down to is just enjoying him and seeing him grow, seeing his personality develop. So up to this point, it's been pretty fun. Uh, Every day. uh, Yeah, he's coming up on his year birthday. Uh, one-year birthday, so we've been talking to parents, and they're like, oh, aren't you sad? Don't you miss, like, the infant stage? And, like, aren't you sad that they're, like, growing up so fast? And we're like, no, we're not. We're not that sad, because, like, li- literally every day of his life, he's been more fun, and he's been more engaging, and we get to know him more and know his personality more. Uh, so, yeah, up to this point, uh, I would not yeah, I would not call it hard. So uh, there's been difficulties, but the overarching theme of parenting has not been hard.
0: Is how was the how did he sleep early on? He slept uh, pretty well.
1: I I like relative to other babies, <laughs> relative to other stories I've heard. I mean, he's still a baby, <laughs> so he would wake up maybe like once or twice in the night. So probably on average twice a night. So I, I remember it would be like one o'clock and then he'd wake up again around like three or four on average. Uh, But by like month four or five, he slept through the night. So Dan, what are you smiling at and shaking your head at? (laughs) That's, that's just awesome. Dan, Dan definitely has a different perspective. So,
2: yeah, did you think, Justin? Did you think like I'm like interested to hear both you guys because I didn't do it. But with the whole sleep thing, did it change the like? How did how did your wives handle it? Because I I'm guessing for the most part that if Anna could could have breastfed and it was just one child that she would have done the majority of of like sleep management and feeding the kids. Uh, and that that would have made it really easy for me, but it would have maybe presented challenges elsewhere.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely for us. Uh, Nicole has done all of the sleep, borne all of the sleep burden. I mean, obviously, you you get woken up more, uh, but but it's. I mean, not really. I sleep. I sleep well, pretty well through it. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty easy as <laughs> as the dad, and not not really able to to do that side of the thing. Uh, I think that, yeah, the, the only, the only challenge with that is, is, uh, honestly, like, yeah, I think the challenge is sort of recognizing how much more of a burden she's under and then sort of being a little more com- like compassionate to that. Cause, cause you can wake up and feel pretty normal, you know, feel like it's not that different of a life experience, but, uh, but then you, I have to try to remember and empathize with the fact that oh, she would, may, might have been up four times last night, and she might have gotten five hours of sleep or three hours of sleep or, or you know or maybe it was eight, but it was broken. You know, it's hard to. I don't really know how sleep totals add up when you get interrupted four times. You know, you can be in bed for ten hours, but interrupted <laughs> sleep. I don't know. You, you know, so you just have, the the challenge for me is is trying to be aware of that all the time, and then then when, when I am more aware of it, then. I make different choices about how I can help her or support her or whatever and try to be a little more active and helping. Uh, yeah. Because I know that she's bearing that burden, kind of that, that hidden burden at night, I guess you could say, uh, to me. So I think that's the mm-hmm. that's the only thing. But yeah, definitely, definitely, Nicole has – she's done way, way, way more and felt way, way more challenged from it.
1: Right. We, we reached a certain point, uh, I think probably around when he was six months old, where – I was like, Adrian, I think we can just let him just cry in the middle of the night. You don't have to wake up every time to go feed him. I think we can – let's just try it out one night and see what happens. And sure enough, we let him cry one night. He cried for like maybe two minutes and then fell back asleep. And then we slept for the rest of the night. And then pretty much since then, it's been golden. Yeah. So (laughs) – that was my only, like, intervention in terms of, like, hey, I know you're doing all the work. I don't want to, like, step on your toes or, like, <laughs> say that this could be done in, a, in an easier way. But let's just try this out. So that was my only contribution.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think Nicole definitely uh, got in a sort of a survival mindset, you know. Stopped. Yeah, definitely was not, was not looking for that as much. Uh, and we had the almost the exact same experience happening oh, wow where she was she was so I think she got in the mindset where she was thinking I'm going to plow through this no matter what yeah that uh, it was kind of hard for her to, to, ask, to ask the question wait what if I didn't have to yeah. anymore you know you know <laughs> Cause, uh, I think that would have maybe tortured her even more to think like that so yeah that's probably a pretty important role uh, <laughs> to, yeah. to play so Dan how, how would you compare your your first... I don't know, several months of parenting to Jake's experience with, with the twins and the, and the formula and all that stuff. Dude, it was...
2: I described it to Anna like last week and I called it a living nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I, I can't remember our average amount of sleep It was something on the order of like three hours a night. I mean, I remember having friends and I think even, I don't know if it was you guys in particular. I know for sure two other couples who offered to give us dates like date nights when I first, our kids were first (laughs) born and we just went over to their apartments and took naps. Like, all we wanted to do was sleep. I mean, I remember—I just remember the feel. I've never felt this way, but like the, the feeling of just not—I don't even know. This the, the sleep deprivation was just terrible. It was it was terrible. Uh, I've always thought like I would be fine in a boot camp situation, except for the sleep deprivation. That's always sounded like the worst, the worst part of it. Like the physical pain or whatever, I don't, that doesn't sound like a big deal. But sleep deprivation, I look at it and I think, oh, that's something that could actually take me out of the running for, for one of those scenarios. And that was, that was definitely really bad. Uh, but the funny thing was, is that like usually once I'm awake, I'm pretty okay. So I'd wake up. And I would just feel like death. And then we'd go, I'd get the bottle set up with the formula that would take like 15, 20 minutes. And then I'd be feeling okay by that point in time. And then I'd throw on the West Wing. And by the time the kids were done feeding, I would want to watch another episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, was, it was really bad for for like the first 15 minutes but then after that it was all right. And then the other thing was I just felt like I couldn't concentrate on anything. During the day I had like a really hard time concentrating on on work or on on getting stuff done because all I wanted to do was sleep. So yeah, I when people have twins I I, I don't even I just start laughing. Cuz I I mean like the first the first 3 months are it's probably the most intense experience I've had in my life for sure. I can't think of anything else where I've been actively engaged in an experience and it just has kept on like washing over me and me trying to like come up <laughs> and like do self-care or, you know, be in a good scenario or set myself up for success and they just keep on, you know, needing to be fed, you know, that, that time ends for sure. That's when I was thinking about you kind of set the bullet points for our, our discussion on is parenting hard or do we make it hard? And that was something that one of the categories or one of the areas where I look at parenting or, or, and thought that was a legitimately difficult task. So I do throw it out there for all the moms (laughs) because that, that was like, that was miserable. The, the lack of sleep was really not fun. Um, but it ended and you know, so yeah, that, that's one of the the situations where I look at parenting. I'm like, that was a legitimately Uh hard scenario
1: your guys' experience has like fully put the fear of twins in Adrian's soul. <laughs> when when we were when we, when Adrian was first pregnant with Elliot, I would joke around and I'd be like, "Ooh, we're having twins." And she would like look at me dead in the eye and just be like, "Do not speak that over me." <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So,
1: thanks to you guys, we will Pray to never have twins.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. It was it was a tough. <laughs> it was tough, but it ended, and you know, not it. Not many other things other than that have been truly, truly difficult. Um, except for when I make them.
1: I feel like sometimes there's like a, uh, I don't know. Just like God allows us to forget certain details or like uh, unless we like actively remember it then we just sort of forget the extreme difficulties and the sensations that we were feeling sort of a survival
2: <laughs> yeah
1: survival thing kicks in within your memory
2: I mean what I what I just described was pretty much everything I remember about. The scenario. Mm. I don't remember a whole, a whole lot more <laughs> from that from that time. Maybe Anna remembers more.
0: Anna might. She might. We'll have to bring her on. We'll have to bring her on as a guest. <laughs> oh man. Or maybe we can just give her a whole a whole episode to just complain. <laughs> 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 I'm sure people would love to hear that. I know I would. I would, I would. Oh, that'd
2: man.
1: be pretty entertaining.
2: But so, so like on the flip side of that, ironically. Uh, people are always like, man, isn't it gonna be great when your twins play together? And probably, I don't know if we I shared this last time, but probably up until like two months ago, our kids did almost didn't even acknowledge the other's existence except when they got in each other's way, and they were always fighting and like, you're like, oh yeah, thanks for that, thanks for that tidbit to like hold on to or whatever. But now our kids. Now our kids play together all the time. Uh, and we kind of say I I you know I look at like a single 5-year-old I would think would be more difficult almost at this stage than twins. Uh, with just how much if Eli doesn't have somebody to play with, he is right at my side saying when can we do this or what's coming up next and him to have a twin to play with is it's been a huge boon to us. Like we've definitely started to reap the reward of having twins and uh they like they play together all the time. That was only two months ago when we were looking at them and we were saying, Wow, they've been playing together for like ten minutes. Isn't that awesome? We like make jokes about how people would say, like, oh, they'll have a twin to play with and be like, Yeah, thanks for those ten minutes. And
0: then now they'll play together for an hour, hour and a half, or you know, go off and imagine. I remember so many times I was I would sit at the dinner table when maybe James was three and Cameron was one or James was four and Cameron was two and they would finish eating in about seven minutes and then they'd get down and they'd be like Mom Dad what are we gonna do what are we gonna do next what should we do what are we playing what 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 can I play that that's, that's what they would always ask me what can I play and I would say whatever you want I <laughs> I don't care <laughs> but they but they weren't at the age where they could yeah entertain themselves and play with them play with each other uh, very well. And then probably when Cameron turned about three, I think when the, when, our, when the younger one was three, then he was developmentally to the place where he could play and interact with James. And after that, they'd get down and they'd be, they're just gone. I, I don't even know where they are. Oh yeah. And I'll, I'll sit at the table and I'll, I'll look at Nicole and I'll say, man, remember for how many years we just waited for this day? Where we could actually have a real dinner, you know because they they were done and they could go do their own thing, <laughs> and now we can we can finish our dinner however we want to and it's a it's a really good feeling when they get old enough, so I'm curious for like is there anything for you guys
2: with parenting that you would consider hard
0: yeah i mean the the only thing that I could think of i mean it has to do with sleep uh whenever we whenever we travel back to the u s and throw everybody's sleep schedules off and now we have five five sleep schedules we're trying to manage, and people don't, you know, I mean the like the forty eight hours of travel are are tough in and of themselves, and then kind of recovering from all that is also really tough. But it's it's for the exact same reason. It's because nobody's getting sleep, and everybody's tired, and everybody's grouchy, everybody's uh, irrit- irritable. So that whole that whole thing's hard. But yeah, I mean that's I I don't know if there's anything harder than than not getting sleep. It's I haven't. Well, I'm sure there is in life, but I, in my limited experience, have not experienced anything harder than than not getting sleep. We were we were in the airport this time, and Nicole Nicole said afterwards, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, stay stand in immigration line with hundreds of other people that all just got off long international flights, and they're all in a new time zone or whatever. And she was like, she was like, this is not the place to come if you want to restore your faith in humanity, <laughs> because it's remarkable how much, how much. I don't, rudeness i guess you see how much people being like snippy with each other or just grouchy or grumpy or whatever <laughs> uh kind of all the inhibitions when you don't have sleep right or just <laughs> they just kind of fall the, yeah the facades we put on just you, you don't have the energy to maintain them and so then just kind of whatever's inside of <laughs> comes out. and it's remarkable you're just standing there lining. you're hearing time, time just people over and over again just getting like frustrated with the people around them you know, snapping at their families and just talking talking to each other the way I'm sure they normally don't. Uh because I don't know, man, it's something about sleep. It's it's the toughest thing. Yeah,
2: yeah. This blew my mind. This is a totally tangential. My p teacher, I heard him ask this question. He like he loved this question. Uh he was like, Why do human beings need sleep? And people would like throw out answers he said whoever discovers the reason for that will have a Nobel or Nobel Nobel prize because they haven't figured out yet why our bodies actually need it. Because Mm. he was like, you would think that it's a time for the brain to shut down, but the brain's more active during your sleep than it is when you're awake. No way. So I just thought that was super interesting (laughs)
0: that uh, there's no, there's no answer for it wow i've i've had a i've i've actually thought about that quite a bit because i've I've started not sleeping as well because i am just i'm starting to worry more i guess and like stress out more Mm -hmm. maybe in the last year and a half or whatever and when you know for me the way it manifests is that there's been i don't know i want to say maybe five nights in the last year and a half that i have just not been able to sleep like normal yeah either i'll wake up in the middle of the night and not be able to sleep or i can't fall asleep the only like the thought i've had <clears throat> the thought I've had with sleep and like why it's important, uh, is it's kind of like if you allow yourself to sleep, what I feel like happens in my soul is it's kind of a surrender to stop being in control of anything. Yeah. For you know eight hours a day or whatever. So you know for for sixteen hours a day, I am in control of something, right? And I'm kind of holding on to holding my 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 the reins of my life, sort of, <laughs> at least to some degree. Uh, and then yep. sleep is is kind of this active, it feels passive, but it's actually an active, I don't know, surrender or an active admission that, that I don't need to be in control right now. I will mm-hmm. become like kind of completely vulnerable and let sort of like God whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to have happen in the next eight hours, I guess I can't do anything about it, sort of. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for me, honestly, like the best thing I've done, like when I for that that's what it was like for me. So when I realized that, then when I'm trying to fall asleep, what I do now, if that's happening, is I try to essentially pray until I'm in a place where I'm really comfortable with uh, not having control over anything, and sort of I guess surrender, like surrendering that that little bit of control that I have in the world. When I when I let go of it, then yeah, then I'm able to fall asleep faster. Mm. So for me, it, it, yeah, it just kind of comes down to maybe maybe it's it's God putting this requirement on us that for at least a third of the day you need to actively decide. I'm not going to have any control over anything in this whole universe, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. kind of entrust entrust the entire universe to God for eight hours, Uh, which you know maybe the goal is to do that all the time. Mm -hmm. But for for sleep, it's definitely you know. I don't know. That that was my 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 thought I had about it because I've struggled with that for a little bit. Seems reasonable, man. (laughs) Seems like a reasonable hypothesis for sure. Yeah. All right, so I think we can say we've established that losing sleep with kids. Is at least one genuinely hard part of parenting. Uh, in our next episode, I think we'll get into some of the stuff that maybe we make hard with our attitudes, our perspectives. But I'd like to go ahead and transition into something that's not really hard at all, which is watching Marvel movies. So I just recently saw finally The Avengers: Infinity War, and I kind of want to talk about it with you guys, see what you thought. Uh, I know you. We have a little bit. We have a little bit different ways we approach movies, or different opinions about them. So we can go a lot of directions uh, with it. I think what would you like to talk about okay here's my question best marvel movie ever or in the past in recent yeah yeah what's the best
2: Marvel? jake's face jake's (laughs) face does not like this question (laughs) all of them fail
1: no all of them oh dude there's like all of them
0: are. there's a couple
2: super good ones
0: all of them are the
2: best because they're all the same
0: (laughs) no totally wrong Jake, I feel like you're not you're not applying your critical mind to popular popular media. I feel like that's I feel like that's a fault. I feel like you gotta I feel like you need to take your approach with with uh, the lesser the lesser cultured items as well. Yeah.
1: That, I mean that, that, they all just like no, well I say that only because they all like blur together for me. Like yeah, it's fair. hard for me to like distinguish like, ooh, which one was Avengers one and which one was Avengers two and which one was Iron Man 3. You know, like, they they all, like, feel... I can't, like, pick out the storyline from, like, any of them and be like, oh, yeah, that's what happened in that movie. What,
0: what's your answer, name? since you've thought about it? Yeah. Uh, my answer is Thor, Ragnarok. Yeah, that's a tough one. That, that's a tough one to beat, I think. Wow. It's the best. I, It's easily the best. It's funny,
2: the art direction in it, I mean I felt the same way watching that that I did watching Stranger Things. Wow. It's like I just felt like I was wrapped up in a fuzzy blanket that was kept by the fire all night. <laughs> like it just it just brought me back to a uh, to a different time. Did you uh, did you find it
0: genuinely funny throughout the whole movie? Mm,
2: I found parts of it funny. I But yeah, I thought there were generally, genuinely funny parts in it. More so than like Some of the—I don't think the Hulk is a very funny character in general. Yeah, but I think they did a pretty
0: good job with him in this. I thought the like the rock. What's the rock guy's name? The like the rock ogre thing. So I I thought he stole the show, man. Every time he spoke, I was like, "This is this guy's hilarious." Yeah, (laughs) I thought that was the best. That's my favorite Marvel character Mm of all time. (laughs) (laughs) That guy, his his seven lines.
2: Yeah, he's who. the dude with no emotions from Guardians of the Galaxy should be. Mm, yeah. Whatever his name Drax, is. Drax, I think. Yeah, he should be Drax.
1: All right. I I had to look up a list. Um, so <laughs> my top two would be uh, <laughs> Iron Man and Guardians of the Galaxy. Those would be my, my two favorite.
0: Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy yeah, for the first time.
1: I think Iron Man is number one because it was the, the first Marvel movie. And so... I thought like the I was like pretty connected with the character that and this is before they bring in all the all the other characters. So I felt like the emotional depth and the attachment I had to Tony Stark and his progression as Iron Man. Like I was pretty connected and pretty committed. That that was a pretty fun movie. And then Guardians of the Galaxy is mm-hmm. just like a blast. And they have enough like like Meta humor that like they they sort of poke fun at the genre, and so that yeah those two are probably
2: the, my my favorites. Man, I
0: hated the first one.
1: Oh, hmm. dude, what?
0: <sighs> I did too, man.
1: Wow, I, why?
0: Yeah, totally. I, I I think for me it was that everybody was hyping it up so much that oh, it was like oh it's sure. so great man it's they it like undo the genre you know they come at it from a different angle and I found a lot of it really cheesy, like really. Wow, like really corny. Like I, I know they were trying to do, they were trying to be irreverent, but man, it just did not hit.
1: Man, that's how I feel about Thor and Captain America. Mm, I, yeah. Like I can't get into those oh. lines.
0: <laughs> you mean like all all of them?
1: I I've only I've only seen the second Captain America, and I've seen none of the Thor movies.
2: Yeah, yeah. I feel the <laughs> same way, which is why like when people started recommending Ragnarok, I was like gonna watch this movie and then i saw the trailer uh, <laughs> i quickly changed my mind after
1: i saw the trailer yeah like the uh led zeppelin uh, yeah
2: did uh have you seen the second
1: guardians of the galaxy yeah 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 i i still like the first one more
2: man the first one's humor took me out of it so much Same. That was my main issue. I just could not get behind anything. Wow. I
1: thought the second one just sort of replays over the same jokes. So the the second one wasn't as funny to me, but a little more emotional.
2: I don't know why. Like they definitely did have some of the same jokes in there, but they were like timed better or they're really whatever the comedic. Sure. I don't know what tools or what you would describe it as, but I thought it was funny. Yeah.
0: I usually think about my movies in terms of the experience, like, in the theater. Yeah. You know, that, like, what was the most memorable? And I thought, I actually don't think this is that great of a movie because I've seen it again. But I thought the first Avengers, the, the first time I saw it, and they kind of threw all the characters together. And it probably helped that I was in a 4D theater. Whoa. Which was the uh, first time I'd ever been in.
2: Yeah.
0: So, like, the chairs were moving, and there was, like, wind blowing on me, and they oh, had yeah. extra lighting. <laughs> like, when Thor did, like, when Thor calls lightning, there would be, like, flashes of, like like... I don't That's know lights funny. in the theater, <laughs> and there was even a couple times where one, when they would spray mist on you. So that that might have been part of it. Is they threw you know first of all they threw all the superheroes together, and then they also had, were like moving my chair while I was watching it. So <laughs> so that was the, probably the most intense movie theater experience. Uh, but I yeah I probably would say upon because I've rewatched it since then, I definitely didn't think it was that good when I rewatched it. So probably my number one, I think when I because I've seen this one a couple times is. Uh, yeah I think the second captain America because oh, for me, my
2: gosh
0: <laughs> I, mean, I love the the worst Marvel movie. <laughs> uh, I don't think so oh uh, <laughs> I, I mean I totally get why you guys don't like it but I, for me I get I get kind of sucked in, in to the um on the nose nobility of captain America I really I really love it I mean oh. I can appreciate the Iron man's like whatever he's stassy or stassy. spunky or whatever. I, I thought that was fun for one movie. Right. I thought that was fun for the first one. And then the next, all the seven other movies he's been in, I'm just kind of, I'm just, I don't know. I'm kind of over it. Yeah. I don't know, man. Something about something about a guy who's just like, I just want to do the right thing. I'm going to do, I'm going to stop at nothing. And then I think too, probably my positive association with it is I've seen it. I've caught it on TV a couple times. Every time I, every time it comes on, I get kind of sucked in because, you know, I, it's mm. not narratively, Plot wise, it's not, there's nothing special about it, but I don't, I think that's kind of true about all of them. But the, I think the action sequences, the scenes are, I, they're really f- physical or they're close, I don't know, they're like close and they like draw me in. Mm-hmm. And I think probably my favorite fight scene of all, what? Oh, I, I think, yeah, I think my favorite fight scene in in all of Marvel, which I don't know, you know, I don't think the stories are that great in the movie, so I'm kind of looking at, you know, can they wow me or or impress something strongly upon me when the superheroes are, are you know knocking guys out? Is the is the elevator scene? I love that scene. So every if, if I like I, yeah when I watch that that scenes come on and I just I'm like I'm in I'm totally in on this I, movie right now.
1: Yeah. So that that's a good sell. Yeah, I I would buy that.
0: I, I don't watch Marvel movies for for themes or for character development or for narratives or whatever. So. I just kind of take that, those, those variables out of the equation when I watch them, and then I'm kind of like, who, who's going to leave me with you know, feeling like I was in the fight scene and, and pumping me up through that? Because that's, that's all I try to get out of them.
2: That's fair. I mean, that's a, that's a reasonable expectation for them, I think, for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I would love, I mean, I would love to be, yeah, I would love to be impressed or wowed by some kind of something else in a Marvel movie, but I just don't even feel like they're trying right. no. anymore.
1: Colored by numbers.
2: Yeah, yeah, but then you go against them compared to like the DC universe, like their movies,
1: like like non Christopher Nolan DC movies.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know even what the names are, but it could have gone so much worse.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: You're right. Oh yeah, I've got no problems with them. They are what they are. Yeah.
1: Wait. So, how would you compare uh, Marvel movies to the uh, Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy? Uh,
2: I would rather have the experience of watching the Marvel movies.
0: Wow. Christopher Nolan. That is a that is shocking. I cannot believe that. Wow. I don't even. Know. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Even <laughs> uh, you. you
1: even The Dark Knight Rises, which has its flaws, I would still watch that over a, movie,
0: a Marvel movie every day. I, I'm, I'm, I totally agree. Ooh,
2: I mean, I, the, I'm especially surprised to, to hear Justin say that because the value proposition is so much higher with the Marvel movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. The value proposition is wow. so much higher. I mean, like you can watch how many are there? 20 movies? Yeah, I
0: think like 17 or something. A lot. Is the maybe the No Rev's team around.
2: The only thing that I lament giving up is the Dark Knight.
0: I mean yeah. Would you Dan, would you go would you go as far to say that the Dark Knight is not the best superhero movie ever? No. No. What would beat it? Yeah, I mean, there uh, there's no there's no answer yeah. to that question. Okay, no. well that's good. I, I think I would just take the Dark Knight over all 17, like put them all together. And I would, re- I would still rather, I would rather watch the Dark Knight 17 times in a row than watch 17 different Marvel movies. <laughs> I like it that much. But could
2: you, could, if you could only watch what, like that series or like for the rest of your life, if you could only, that's what I'm saying. I would
0: one take, one I years. would take the Dark Knight, the that movie. I would even leave the other two if I had to. And then I would take that movie. Yeah, I mean, man, I just can't. I love every scene Mm -hmm. that I ever see with with the Joker in it. It's just right. I might even take like one scene with the Joker over all seventeen Marvel movies. (laughs) I don't don't know. I get so much enjoyment out of it. It's
2: it's eight forty three in the morning, Justin. (laughs) (laughs) You sure you haven't had anything to drink yet?
1: (laughs) The opening bank robbery scene is like so incredible. That it's yeah. Marvel wishes they could even come up with like a whole movie that could encapsulate like the feeling that you have when you watch that opening scene.
2: But you can get you can get scenes like that from other movies. I don't know. <laughs> you can't get the Joker, but you can like. There's other cop drama movies or other intrigue movies that have quality.
1: Well, like like I like yeah. There are other bank robbery scenes, but like they're like that's like a pretty good one.
2: That's like a top three. Yeah, that's a a pretty good one, right? <laughs> but I don't think you can get the spectacle of Marvel anywhere else.
1: Uh, Mission Impossible movies. Yeah.
2: I don't care about Mission Impossible. Oh. Never, never connected with me. I mean, the first one was cool, but
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all Mission Impossible movies are now. they they're just another form of the, of the Marvel movies.
2: AKA, just worse. Just worse than the Marvel movies.
1: so. If we would have included X Men though, in this conversation, maybe I would. Uh, I I'd, I'd have a more favorite. Isn't that included? Uh, I think. I mean. I, yeah, I think technically they're like what, like they're not in the that Marvel uh, cinematic. Because
0: it's because it's like Fox, right? Isn't it? Didn't Fox make those movies? It's a totally different studio. Yeah. I think
2: Wolverine is. No, but, I mean he doesn't come into any of the movies. But they still have the Marvel. He still All has right. the Marvel intro. Yeah, in but his. they're
1: they're not the uh, studio that produces it.
2: I mean, I wasn't even thinking of it, right. but now I'm going to argue that it's part of the sure. p- part of the Marvel universe. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so that mean like uh, what
2: uh, Days of Future Past?
1: That that was uh, phenomenal.
0: Yeah, the one where they go back in time. And, that
1: actually might be my favorite Marvel movie. If we're, we're yeah. going to count that one.
0: Yeah, that's why they send Wolverine back, right? And then he Yeah, yeah, that I was that like speed guy. Incredible. They meet that speed guy I, I where he rearranges all the bullets. What? That scene. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. You guys can you guys can have your bank robbery scene. It's okay.
0: We, we will. Yeah. I, I always just assess I mean, for the most part, I think the, the for me the, the common thread that determines whether or not I like a superhero movie is how good the villain is, how compelling I feel like his his or her character is and motivation is and I just I guess I think the Joker is 10,000 times better than any Marvel villain experience and so I guess I think that the Dark Knight is 10,000 times better than uh, any Marvel experience any Marvel experience so I mean what's the best? Dan in your your mind what's the best Marvel villain that there's been I don't care you don't care (laughs) Just as long as there's a guy to punch, you're you're cool. You're good. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I I mean like I think the reason why it's fun is like if I'm thinking about this long term, I could build relationships fictitiously with the Marvel universe yeah. inside inside the crew uh and I could feel like a part of the family, which would be that's what I would like look for m- over time rather than you know look for look for the villain uh because i could like love to hate some of the people and i could i mean i the only villain that comes to mind which may be because it's the most recent one that i've seen i don't even know his name (laughs) that's how that's how unimpressed i am with him uh thanos thanos yeah yeah
0: i i I agree i think he's i think he's number one in the marvel universe which is good because he's like it's like the biggest movie
2: what do you think of thanos as a as a character I can't, I can't th- figure out what I think about him. Yeah. <clears throat> Either I think he's moderately compelling or just a terrible character.
0: Right. My feeling on him... I mean, I like that he's the main character of the movie. That's what I always want from a superhero movie. Uh, I want the villain to be the main character. So I like that they did that. That he had... I, I'm guessing he probably had the most lines of any character. I'm guessing he was the most developed in that movie. I like that they explained him that you, they made you a little bit sympathetic that you know i think you you understand why thanos is doing what he's doing uh yeah. which i think is important for me when i'm looking at a villain the thing that i didn't like was he kept making kind of like nice choices to people or for people like for example i i just kept asking myself why doesn't he keep why doesn't he just kill all these superheroes that he has the chance to kill over and over and over again I don't know. It probably felt like six or seven times in the movie. He had a chance to kill somebody where he like beat them and then he just kind of left. Yeah. 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 And then all those people came back and like almost, almost stopped him a couple times in the movie. So I guess, yeah, I guess my thing was, I felt like at the end of the movie, you could completely and totally sympathize with Thanos uh, because they made him kind of a good guy. And you just kind of, I think they were trying so hard to make him feel sympathetic or almost misunderstood that it almost felt Mm. like the dilemma of the movie was philosophically just, do you think Thanos is right? And I guess if someone is murdering billions of people, eventually that is going to corrupt someone's heart. And then they would kind of turn into a bad guy. Uh, Sure. So, you know, like the, the quote that people use is like something about like the, the the path to evil is paved with good intentions or something like that.
2: Yeah, 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 totally.
0: Right. So whatever that quote is. So, I feel like they just like that should have been how Thanos was. That he should have started off with on this journey of, hey, I have to do the right thing, you know, to save people or save the universe. But then as he as he went through it, I feel like he should have been more and more corrupted and more and more evil. Mm. But in the in the movie, they didn't really paint him like that. You kind of felt like maybe his heart was really not that corrupted by all the murder he'd done. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, you know he just kept letting superheroes live because he's like, I, I like you, you know, or I'm kind of a nice guy, you know, and and. Then he was like sad about killing Gamora, you know, but I feel like they should have painted him as somebody who started on the right path, but then eventually got corrupted. So then you actually didn't like him. But at the end of the movie, when he did it, I was like, ah, I mean, well, if Thanos is right, then maybe he's a good guy, which maybe is what they were trying to go for, but that's not really what I want with my villain. I don't want to get to the end and be like, ah, maybe he was, maybe he was actually totally right (laughs) under a certain (laughs) philosophical viewpoint. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like they gave a little bit too much credibility through his character. Uh, sure. to his to his universal philosophy that drove him
2: i i just felt like he was incoherent mm. with with his choices kind of like what you're saying like if you have an option to kill the superhero is going to prevent you from doing this altruistic thing if that's your motives and you just take it but then this shows like there's some sort of like conflict within him I, I don't think a guy like that would necessarily display those attributes. Yeah, sure. And so it just doesn't, his actions like, don't, don't make sense to me. Uh, in the end, I don't, I don't understand mm-hmm. why if that is your purpose. Then you make sure that you are able to accomplish your task. And you do that by getting rid of all the guys trying to prevent you. Um, right. Even if you do like them, like, sorry, man, you're part of this 20 billion <laughs> population. Like right. you got to go if you stand in my way. I see. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. I wasn't satisfied at the end. Mm-hmm. His like his his smile did his realization or epiphany that he accomplished his task. Almost like he was taking steroids or or something like it seemed tainted by the way he went. Uh, not yeah, it, it seemed kind of tainted to mm-hmm. me, like just the way he went about it.
0: Yep, totally.
2: Because they're try, I think they try to make him a philosophical character, but then they they insert they insert this relational aspect to him, which is contradictory. Yeah. Like I feel like the only thing he needed to do in order to to have humanity or to have a soul or or like value was to cry when he threw Gamora mm. off the edge. Yeah,
0: right. Right. Spoiler alert.
2: that's all that that's all that they needed to show him you know is to show that he was Mm -hmm. a good guy but he still feels like he has to carry through with this this action
0: yep totally the other the other one that i think uh the other villain that i think is the best in in the marvel universe is um (laughs) in the first captain america not not the red skull Mm. guy but just nazis in general oh sure uh and that's all that's also kind of wonder woman's too right but I really liked both those movies and I realized afterwards it was for the same reason, it, but there's, there's, but it's, it's an easy hack because there's zero explaining that needs to be done. You don't need to develop the villain when you're talking about Nazis, right? Everybody just kind of goes into the theater yeah, and it's yeah. like, yeah, let's, let's, let's beat the Nazis and we all kind of get why. <laughs> so yeah. Those are my yeah. top three superhero villain experiences. The Joker is like, you know, number one and then there's a huge gap and then this <laughs> Thanos and then number three would probably be just Nazis in general <laughs> in, in either Captain America or Wonder Woman. But after that, man, I mean, yeah, it's. I think it's even tough to go back and try to remember who the villain was in almost every superhero right. movie a couple years after you watch it, which to me is a huge flaw, yeah. a huge flaw in the movie making yeah. experience.
1: So would Schindler's list be like in your top four for superhero movies?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that was kind of before <laughs> Liam Neeson was, you know, almost a, almost a mini superhero, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah i guess in retroactively you could you could view that as a superhero movie couldn't you yeah
1: uh, i
0: haven't seen it it's good. And sad. <laughs> yeah it's not a, it's, that's a tough one i think that's a tough one to <laughs> like get pumped up to watch be like uh, yeah it's friday let's watch chindler's <laughs> interesting. <your right>. <laughs> yeah yeah cool guys well we've gone an hour and 42 minutes plenty of time <clears throat> all right well thanks for uh Good talk. So next week, we'll come back and talk, continue to talk about whether parenting is hard, hopefully coming at it from a little different angle, really kind of asking the question, is parenting easier than we make it a lot of times? And what can we do to make it easier with our mindset or just practically? So think about that. And thanks to anyone listening to our goofy little podcast. If you know of anybody, once again, who you think might be interested, please go ahead and tell them. Spread the word. We would really appreciate it. Otherwise, we'll see you next time.
1: There's so many ways and go and get it so take a chance.